message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you're richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. Morning. How you guys doing? Get all my stuff here. Really, how are you doing? Pretty well? Is that what you said? Fair enough. How many of you guys would say it's a little bit stressful this time of year? How many of you guys are done with your Christmas shopping? It's always five of you. How many of you guys started but you're not done? Yeah, most of you. How many of you guys are like, Christmas? What? <laughs> When's Christmas? What are you talking about? It's September, right? Um, no, it's December, and you know what, this time of year is uh, known to be one of the more stressful times of the year, and um, one of the reasons is because we worry so much about other people's expectations, don't we? Whether it be the meal that you're preparing, or the gift that you're giving, or, you know, the events that you need to show up to, which it seems like there's more of those than ever, uh, you know, everybody wants to hang out, which is awesome, which is good. I think it's great. I think it, we should hang out. We should be social. I'm not naturally social. My wife is, and she's. Uh, I'm glad that she is because if uh, she wasn't, then I would probably just be sitting in a dark room all the time, 24-7. So it's good. But I understand uh, those of you guys that are not social, or maybe you're an introvert by nature. You, you know what introvert means? It doesn't mean that you don't like people. It means that when you're around people, it, it pulls energy from you. Um, and some of you guys are introverts. How many of you guys are, would say you're an introvert? Yeah, the rest of you. Those, everybody online just raised their hand. So, <laughs> which I understand. I, I get it. And if you're watching online, if you uh, in Northwest, we say hello to you guys. Uh, but if you're watching online, don't feel bad. Don't don't beat yourself up. I do think it's good to be here to worship together. Uh, that worship was amazing, by the way, wasn't it? And so I'd encourage you guys to uh, make it to service when you can. Uh, but don't beat yourself up. I get it. I understand. It's a lot this time of year. And so today I'm hoping that this message is not a message that adds to your burdens. So some of you guys, you walked in with a backpack on. And that backpack feels like it's full of bricks. And you just feel overwhelmed. And some of you guys, the backpack is so heavy that you didn't put it on, you dragged it in here, right? And there are a lot of burdens in our lives, and so my hope today is that those burdens are taken away, that you leave feeling fresh, you leave feeling good, you leave these burdens and all the junk. In fact, um, there's not a lot different sometimes between church and the city dump, right? You come in with all your trash, all your junk, you leave it here. You leave it here and you leave free. And that's my hope. So let's go ahead and pray. And uh, we're going to get into it a little bit different today, uh, a little bit different type of message. Uh, but I think it's going to be good. And my hope is to get you out of here in time to go Christmas shopping, all right? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day. This is the day that you have made, God. And you put us here in this place, in this time, 
right here. We are with you. And Lord, I pray, God, that your spirit would be here. Your spirit is already here, but I ask that so that we can acknowledge it, so that we can understand, Lord, that that you are with us all the time. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just move through me and and move through all of us and that you just speak exactly what you want to speak to us. Let it be the right message for our ears. Let us hear what we need to hear. And more than anything, I pray that every single person in here, every single person that's listening online, every single person that's listening at another campus today, that we would all be able to lay down our burdens and walk out of here knowing that you're God and that we are your kids. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so today's message is called, What is Good? And uh, I'm going to start with one of the most popular verses of all time. If you don't ever go to church, uh, you probably still know this verse because it's that popular. I'm going to start with Romans 8.28. It's a good one, right? It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together. All things. How many of you guys love God? All right. Maybe it could be more, right? But you do. You love him, right? And uh, as I've said before, if you don't have any love for God, go to bed at night. Say that prayer. Put love in my heart. I guarantee you he'll do it. But if we love God, it says that all things, all things, all things, right? Not, not just the good things, not just the things that we see on a Sunday morning when everyone's buttoned up and looking good, right? All things, the Monday morning things, the Saturday night things, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. When I look around, I, I see a church of folks that, you know, we're not perfect, Right? Let's just get that out of there, right? Let's just get that down. We're not the church that shows up and says, hey, we got it all together, you know, do everything like us. No, we, we, we're not perfect, but we're called. See, God has called every single one of you guys, whether you believe it or not. You know, there's a lot of truths that we don't believe, but that doesn't make them untrue, right? God has called you, whether you believe it or not. And it says in the scripture that God will cause all things to work together somehow. He's, he's, a, he's a master conductor, right? We were, uh, my wife and I and the girls, we, we took him to see Nutcracker uh, yesterday. And uh, we, we sat in the front row, which I was nervous about because I'm an introvert. Uh, but we sat in the front row, and right in front of us was the orchestra. And it was kind of cool because I was able to see the orchestra and how they work together. And I was able to see the, 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 the conductor. That's what they're called, right? Conductor, is that right? Am I right on that? Okay, I just, I don't know these things. So, um, I know, it's sad. But um, this, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was controlling the music, the entire piece, but each person was doing their own part. And it was cool to see that happening. And I, and I look at you guys as a church, and I see you guys, you each have your own role. You each have your own part. You each have your own instrument to play. You each have your own thing. And I think, I think for the most part, you know what that is. You know, you might have avoided it for a while. You might uh, be too busy to really think about that. You might have put it on the back burner. But you know what it is. You know what you're called to do. 
And some of you guys are saying, no, I don't. I don't know what I'm called to. I honestly don't know. Well, I would encourage you to pray about it. And I would encourage you to be honest and think about what's real. Think about what God is, where God has put you. And think about the opportunities you have. And think about the people in your life. And think about what they need. God has called you to great things. And I, and I believe this with all my heart. But that word good, I want to look at that word good. That's what the message is called today. What is good? And one of the definitions of uh, the word good, when you look up, by the way, when I look up these definitions, we, I have a uh, Bible called the Keyword Study Bible. And um, in it, uh, there are key words in the scriptures that are underlined and numbered. And you can look in the back and you can look up like the, the Hebrew words and the Greek words. I get most of my message uh, from, from those words. I, I end up, because I, I think that there's something to be said about the original language that it's written in and the meaning of the words. Because the meaning of the words are a little bit different sometimes than we would think they are in English. And so I will start there a lot of times. Um, this one I started with the verse, but then I pulled out that word good. And when I looked at the definition, uh, one of the definitions popped out to me. One of the, one of the uh, uh, it, it was from a, a dictionary called Thayer's Dictionary. And so the Greek word basically means good is like the fruit of a, of a good fruit tree, of a healthy fruit tree. That is good, right? And we're going to come back to that in a few minutes. But uh, first I want to talk about the creation story. I, I like to go back to Genesis chapter 1 a lot um, because I think that that's one of the clearest pictures of God's plan for us. It was pre-sin, it was pre-Adam uh, and Eve and their big mistake, um, and it's this picture of God creating the universe and creating us in it. And so I want to go through that, and instead of just reading through the entire uh, chapter of Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to go through kind of the, uh, the different creations and kind of show you guys some slides this morning. So that's uh, what we're going to do. And I've got a little iPad here, and I'm going to go ahead and control them. So, all right, so the day one, okay, the first day, this is all from Genesis chapter 1. If you want to go back and read it, I encourage you to do it. Uh, but day one, God creates light. So look at this picture. Is that, that's not right. That's weird. Hmm, let me try this one. Okay. Still like that. Okay. Well, anyways, um, you guys can still see the, the image uh, for the most part. If you can see the sky and you see the light, God created light the first day. It's like he turned the lights on. You know, early in the morning, how many of you guys wake up before, it, uh, before it's light outside, right? You know what it's like in the morning when you turn the lights on. It's like, whoa, you know? It's like, what's going on? Turn the lights on and... And all of a sudden, it's, uh, you see things you didn't see before. And so that's the first thing that God did. He, he turned the lights on. And then he creates the skies, right? He creates the skies. There we go. You can see it right there. So he creates the skies and separates the, the bottom from the top, right? And we, for the most part, are supposed to live on the bottom, right? We're not supposed to live up in the air. We're supposed to live on the bottom. And I was thinking about uh, just that idea of the sky and, 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 and how God created us with these limits, right? He created us with these limits. Back when he first created us, we didn't have jets, we didn't have rockets, we didn't have all these things. And he created us to where we, we had to walk on the ground and we had to live off the ground. And um, we couldn't fly in the sky and, and do those things. And so God creates the skies. Then he creates the land and the seas. Check out this, this photo. This is really cool. This is actually within driving distance. This is the horseshoe bend. Um, 
<coughs> up in, uh, it's the top of Arizona, I believe, uh, between the Arizona and Utah border. But uh, God created that. God created that. Did, now, my question is, did God create that so that influencers could drive there and take photos and, and, and post? I don't know. I mean, why did he create so, such beauty? Why did he create something that's just so cool, right? So God creates all these things uh, going on. This is a picture of, of Patagonia. And um, I took them from, from these books uh, just because I didn't want to um, pay for the rights of the photos. Um, Anyway, um, but, but if you look at the beauty of this, I, I've never been, uh, I think this is in Patagonia, is that right? I can't even read it, but uh, in Chile. How beautiful. Have you guys ever been to a place where you're like, it is so beautiful. It is so nice here. Have you guys ever been, when's the last time you went to the forest and just walked around by yourself? I encourage you to do this, okay? I encourage you to do this. Bring a stick or something because there's, there's, there's animals that could kill you. But um, I encourage you. I encourage you to walk around and listen. Be a part of it. Right? God, um, on day four, well, day three, he created land and the seas and the, and the veggie, veggies, the, the plants. Day four, he creates the sun and the moon and the time. Uh, what's cool about the moon and the sun is uh, it's how we measure time. And um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like time is moving faster and faster as you get older, right? And... Um, there's actually some science behind that, which I won't get into because it's really confusing for me. But, um, but time moves faster and faster, right? But God created this limit, another limit for us, that we live in this time. And uh, if we're lucky, we make it into our 70s, 80s, you know, and uh, we move on. We pass on. We, we graduate into the next realm, into heaven. Uh, God, the next, next thing God makes is the sea creatures and, and birds, by the way. That's a peregrine falcon. Uh, side note, that's the fastest animal on earth right there, a peregrine falcon. A lot of you guys will say, no, no, Josh, it's a cheetah. Uh, no, it's a peregrine falcon. So if you're ever at a party, this is a great uh, conversation piece. You know what I mean? And you just walk up to somebody and say, what's the fastest animal? And they'll say cheetah. And, no, no, it's a peregrine falcon, you idiot. Um, <laughs> I'm really good with parties, by the way. I'm really. My wife, take, like I said, she takes me to these parties, which makes me sit in the corner. So I understand. Sea creatures like this little guy. Oh, I knew you guys were going to do that. Uh, it's, it's this little otter, right? Like, why did God make this? Why? So you go, oh, that's it. That's the only reason I could think that he made these guys. And you're going to, some scientists, some scientist person's out there saying, no, actually, it's because of the bubble. Okay, I, no, come on. God created uh, these lions, right? Kind of scary. Have you guys ever been in the zoo and see these guys? They look so lazy, right, in the zoo. But if you see them out, out and about, they still look lazy, but um, until they want to kill you. And so, so somehow, uh, I don't know how those became this. Um, I find that weird. I don't know how that happened. Then God creates us, right? God creates us. And what's interesting is after each creation, God looks at these things and says that they are good. That they are good. He looks and goes, "Uh uh-huh. That word good comes from a Hebrew word, tob, T-O-W-B, tob. And one definition of tobe is to improve. 
So it's almost like God turns the lights on, then he starts creating, and he starts improving, and he starts improving, and he starts improving, and then he creates us, right? He creates us. And then he kind of passes the torch to us. So God creates these raw materials of what we live in in this earth, and then we go on and we create this. Another masterpiece, really, but not quite what God creates. But we take, but it was so cool because God, he, he, he allows us to be a part of what he's doing. He says, here, I've given you this, now you go do that. And, and so many of us, we think, no, it's just, I'm just going to rest, I'm just going to chill. I got all this earth, I got all this stuff. But somebody said, no, I got to make this. This is going to make it better, right? Somebody created this, thank God they created that one, right? Go Dodgers, anybody? I don't know why that was there. That's weird. Um. <laughs> I got to show. He's going to get hurt in the first month watching. I'm kidding. We'll pray, okay? Dodger fans, we'll pray together that he doesn't, that he stays injury-free for 10 years. Anyway, that's, that's a side note. So God creates all this stuff, and then he hands it off to us to create. How many of you guys believe that you're part of this? That you're part of God's creation? Ephesians 2.10 says this, We are his workmanship. Created in Christ. I'm reading this slowly because I want you to get it, okay? Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Good, this is New Testament, so that good is like the fruit of a tree. Good, right? God created you, and he created me for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Do you believe that God created you for something good, something big, something massive, something huge, something bigger? than you can even imagine. Genesis 2, we have another um, kind of a retelling of the creation story, more, more in detail. And if you look at Genesis 2.5, it says this, The Lord God took the man, and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. To work it and to keep it. The word work means cultivate or serve or till right? Ultimately, it also means to worship God, which I find very interesting because it's talking about working, giving, doing what we're called to do, this work that we're called to do as a, a way of worshiping God. You know, how many of us, we wake up on a Monday morning, we're like, ah, got to go again, got to do the same thing again. How different would it be if we woke up on Monday morning and says, this is a day this is a day for me to worship God in everything that I do, right? It's an opportunity to worship God. The word keep means to observe, guard, protect, preserve, to pay attention to, cultivating. I don't know if you guys are, have a green thumb out there, but if you, you know what it's like when you have to take care of, of a plant and it needs to produce fruit. I'm going to go ahead and put... Um, this slide up real quick. Um, 
And I'm going to read this scripture. John 15, 5. Don't worry about putting up the scripture back there, guys. I'm just going to leave this uh, picture up while I read this verse. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't tie your shoe. Of course, you can tie your shoe. But what it means is apart from him, apart from Jesus, our lives won't be significant. Our lives won't really matter when it comes down to it. You see, there's things that we can see and things that we can work on. We can create the next uh, Volkswagen bus or we can work on a giant project and we can be a part of these things, these earthly things. And those are great. Those are grand. But God is doing something deeper, something spiritual in your life. And he's building something spiritual around you. Right? He's building something spiritual around you. And, And God has put you in your garden. And he's called you to work it and to keep it. He's called you to worship by doing the things that you're called to do. He's called you to, 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 to protect and to preserve and to take it seriously. The word um, fruit, I looked that up. And I, and I, only, I, I don't know why I looked up the word fruit in Greek because I knew, I knew that it just meant fruit. I knew it meant fruit. But I looked it up, and what was interesting, what popped out to me, is that it actually meant plucked fruit or fallen fruit. And that thought just, with this photo, put that photo back up, please. Or, uh, that's me. I'm going to put it back up. Um, I forgot I'm doing it. Um, come on, you, you video guy. Um, I want you to look at this photo really carefully and look at this as, as this tree. I love this photo because this tree is... It's isolated. It's crowded. There's fruit in some parts of the tree, and some parts of the tree, it's bare. Now, this represents our lives sometimes. It's crowded. We're isolated. We're alone. There's only fruit in parts of the tree. Some of the fruit has fallen by the wayside, and it's rotting, and no one has picked it, right? And But somebody's going to come, and they're going to pluck it out. And every time someone plucks a piece of fruit out of this tree, I'm assuming the tree says, ow. Right? Ah, 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 ow. Some of you guys, some of you guys have been plucked to death. You have been plucked and plucked and plucked. And then some of you guys have been ignored. And your fruit has fallen and just, it's rotting. Some of you feel alone like this. Lonely tree. Some of you feel crowded. Some of you feel both crowded and alone at the same time, which is weird. But yet, you're still here. You're still alive. There's still some greenery. There's still some sunshine. There's still some water. There's a God who's in charge. Right? I want to talk about your garden for a moment, a little bit more specifically. What is your garden? 
I think your garden is, uh, it could be your work or if you're a student, it could be your school. If you're a volunteer, it could be the place you go. If you're an artist, it's the things you do. It's the thing you do on a daily basis. That's part of your garden, right? It's the outskirts. It's the outskirts. And we're called to cultivate that. But if you move in, your, your garden is also your church community. When I say church community, uh, I don't mean just coming to church on a Sunday. That's great. But um, this is a big church. It's easy to come in and get lost and not really be a part of it. But our hope, and, and, and I know this is God's will as well, is that when we get involved that we start to gather a group of friends around us that God has brought into our lives. And you start to have a deeper, uh, more intimate church community. And so that's my hope for you. That's uh, what I love to see happen. It's happened with me. And, I, and, and that group of people um, has held me up when I needed to be held up. That group of people has prayed me through many, many trials. That group of people has slapped me upside the head when needed to be. Um, that group has been very important to me. But I also know that, that I need to pour into them. And so it's part of my garden, right? Um, your your uh, family, your actual family that you live in, uh, your home, some of your blood relatives that maybe don't live at home that you would rather not be your blood relatives. I understand. I get it. Um, some of you guys are really close to your family. Some of you guys aren't. Uh, but that's part of your, to an extent, that's part of your garden. Now, I, I, I do want to say that if there's somebody in your family that has treated you wrong and you need to put them out there, then, then you have to do what you have to do. Okay? But when God has somebody in our lives, you have to focus on that. Sometimes your church family is closer to you than your actual blood family, and I understand that. But, um, but I also would say that God puts you in that blood family for a reason. And so just pray about that. That's part of your garden. But the most important part of your garden um, is you. And I want to talk about that for a second. So often, especially this time of the year, we get so caught up in doing things for other people. And that's good. I'm glad that we do that. And we forget to take, uh, take care of ourselves. And um, it's funny because it never occurred to me. I'd been preaching it for years and years. You'd heard me preach for years and years uh, to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And to love your neighbor as yourself, right? I always forgot the part at the end that said as yourself. Like you, it doesn't mean if you're going to love God and love your neighbors, it doesn't mean that you just don't take care of yourself. Okay, and I, and I know that it's kind of a popular thing to say, oh, love yourself, take care of yourself, self-care, all these things. And I think that can get a little bit uh, convoluted and it can, you can go a little too far with that. But there is a truth in taking care of yourself. Some of you guys are running on empty. Some of you guys, like I said, have been plucked and plucked and plucked. Some of you guys have felt isolated. Some of you guys have felt wrong. Some of you guys are just so busy you haven't even thought about your own health. You haven't even thought about uh, why you're here. But the truth is, if you don't take care of yourself, then your, your, your ministry, your lives, everything's going to be cut short. And I don't mean that you're going to die. You might. But um, what, <laughs> just being honest, um, what I, what I mean is you're going to have limits that you wouldn't have otherwise if you didn't take care of yourself. Uh, the, the interesting thing about the creation story, one of the most interesting things about the creation story, is that God created day one, he created day two, he created day three, four, five, six. But then for some reason they had to put in there day, a day seven, and that day seven God rested. God. Do, do you think he needed to rest? I, I don't think so. I think he did it as an example for us. I think he did it to show us that we have limits. In fact, I think the whole creation story is about these limits that we have and that we need to rely on God for the rest. 
And that's, but it's also the beautiful part of the creation story because God didn't want us to just do this alone. God didn't want us to just live this alone. He wanted to live this with us. And so he created this gap, this gap of need for us to have to rely on him. And that is the beautiful part of the creation story. I want to read one more scripture and then we're going to end. Uh, Mark chapter 1. I think this is a very interesting um, thought about who Jesus is, right? So Jesus had just had a revival. He was in Peter's mother-in-law's house, and they were bringing everyone from the village that they possibly could think of that needs Jesus. They walk in like, Freddie, you need Jesus. Come on, you know. Uh, Marsha, you need Jesus. Come on, you know. Uh, ben, you need Jesus. And they're grabbing him, and Ben's like, I'm good. No, 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 Ben, you need Jesus. And they're grabbing him, and they're throwing him in there, and Jesus is, is healing them. He's casting out demons. He's doing the Jesus thing, right? And I would assume that that is very tiring. Uh, you see, Jesus was man and God, but at the same time, he was man. And he, had, and he God chose to send his son down on this earth to have these man, these, these limits that we have, to feel it, I believe, to help us understand that he understands us and that he gets it. And so... I think Jesus is tired. And in verse 35 of chapter 1 in Mark, it says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed, left the house, right? And he went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. They woke up, and they're like, where's Jesus? It's time for round two, right? Where is he? And they found him, and they said, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that's why I came out. I think this moment for Jesus was kind of a day seven rest moment. I think it was a moment where he got up and said, I need some alone. I need some me and God time. And it says that he went and he prayed. See, the art of prayer is not an adding of burdens. I think we think that it is sometimes. I think we think, if I pray, God's going to give me more on my list. And I already have enough on my list. If I pray, I'm going to feel bad about myself. No, no, no. Prayer is a letting go. Prayer is coming and just throwing it all down and saying, hey, you know I got this and this and this. Please help me. And God's like, I got all that. This one's yours just for today, right? Work on that. But I got all this while you work on that and, you know. But, but just, my child, just breathe. Just breathe. God would just say to us today, just breathe. Lay, down, lay, lay it all down. Let him re- reprioritize. And be okay with it. And tell your family, hey, I got this new thing I learned at church. I'm going to reprioritize by laying things down to God. And whatever he chooses me to do, I'm going to do that. It totally allows you to pass the buck, right? (laughs) It allows you to say, oh, no, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to stress and worry about your expectations. And what's funny is, are we really even worrying about other people's expectations or are we worrying about the things we think they're expecting, right? A lot of it's just a, it's a, it's an ongoing story in our minds. And so I want to give you the courage and the ability today to let go. So that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to pray and we're going to let go of everything. And we're going to allow God to be God today. So let's pray this. Father, whatever's in our lives, 
And, and I want you guys to think about it right now. Think about the things in your lives that are stressing you out. Lord, whatever is in our lives that's stressing us out, I pray that you just take those. We, we lay everything down, the good and the bad, the things that we love to. We lay it all down to you. And I pray, Lord, that you would reprioritize things for us. Show us the things that we need to be doing on a daily basis to make sure, sure that we stay fresh, that we stay in the game, that we stay watered. I pray, God, that you would remind us of the importance of self-care with you, of just coming before you and saying, God, here I am. Take me. And I pray, Lord, if there's something in our lives that we do need to work on, that you give us those in, in, in the time that, we need to get, that you need to give those to us. But, Lord, I just pray for every single person here spiritually, God, that we would all just let go. If you are in this place today and you need to let go, I just want you to acknowledge it right now. And let God be God. Just breathe. If you need prayer, there are people up here to pray with you. If you want to let go for the last time, come up and get prayer. You can. An opportunity for you. If you want to give your life over to the Lord for the first time, come up and get prayer. I think there's something to uh, having somebody lay their hands on you that are, and, and to kind of go through this with you. So we encourage you to do that as you leave today. And I appreciate also if you guys are to respect this area up here as an area of prayer. And uh, for those of you guys that have business to do with God today, uh, you, you know, you feel like it's not done. Go do that. Walk outside. You know, go say, hey, I'm going to, honey, can you watch the kids for a second? I'm going to go outside in the backyard or whatever you got to do. Do it today. Don't let a day go by. And then, and then plan for that tomorrow because the, the enemy is going to try to steal the seat, right? Make sure that you plan to do that. So, amen. Love you guys. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org.